0: Welcome to another bonus episode of our Fort Bragg PwC podcast. This is a recording of our second session of our virtual retreat. Our theme is Bloom in the Desert. Our guest speaker is Alexis Anderson. In this session, she will discuss the theme of Recover. Join us and be blessed by the word.
1: Why we chose Bloom in the Desert for those who were not able to come last night is... Um, it was simply just after I told Kelly, I'm 51% sure I need to, I'm our retreats coordinator. I took a few days to just really sit with God and said, hey, if you want me to do this, I need the theme like now. Um, and he sent me to Isaiah 35, and it was beautiful, completely amazing, and I got bloom in the desert, and it was really at the time for me personally it was fitting my husband was deployed um lots of new changes i was homeschooling all sorts of stuff you guys will hear more later and i was like what are you doing okay but it became even more fitting specifically for fort bragg because then in january we had a rapid deployment so there was a degree of where it was like a ghost town here for a time and just really awkward and, and strange in a desert place for our, our community as a, lo- as a whole. And then now we are literally all in our homes, not necessarily because we chose to be. <laughs> um, it is, and so it's a, just another type of season of desert. And so I love that Alexis is walking us through how that looks and how walking in, a, in the wilderness, what it should really look like and then um making sure I have everything else oh and then the general schedule for today is we are having this session we'll do our breakout then um we'll come back together we'll do worship again and we'll do one more session and then uh have breakouts and we'll break out for lunch and as we go Amanda's gonna come in and kind of help streamline as we recap and go through all the coolness of everything so i'm gonna pray and then i'm gonna hand it over to shelby to lead us into worship so god just thank you so much Jetty. thank you so much for once again the ability to come together and to just love each other and love these women in such a time as we are i thank you for everything you're doing in our hearts and our lives give us the one piece that you really want us to take away from this weekend the one thing that will grow us closer in our walk with you and make it applicable and reliable and consistent as we walk further in this journey with you i thank you so much for these women And for those who are going to be able to listen to this later, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I
2: think it's pretty amazing that we get to worship the Lord together from all over the world. I pray that his praises would go up into the heavens, and all of heaven would be pleased with what we're doing this morning, or night, or middle of the night, uh, depending on where you are. Um, So Megan is putting the slides up please join me as we worship you are welcome to worship however you please on your knees on your face standing up on your feet in your chair we're going to sing let there be light
3: (laughs) when you speak darkness has to bow When
4: you speak
3: mountains rise and fall tears down every wall around me when you speak you breathe upon the dust come alive when you speak your silence every Feel your spirit around us let there be light let there be light free space. Feet, breathe upon the dust, come alive tonight. When you sleep, silence every fear. Feel your spirit here, around eyes. Let there be light. Let there be light. Till it fills up every space. Come and have your way. Let there be light. Let there be light. Just one word and I am changed. Come and have your way. And now you're everything we see. Steve cries out to the deep. Hear your glory on display Jesus take your place We will save God Sing it again now Know are everything we see Steve Christ out to deep We will save God Jesus take your place We will see God Let there be a light Let there be a light Till it fills up every space Come and have your way Let there be a light Let there be a light Just one word and light. Change. coming and your way. Let there be light. Let there be light.
2: This morning that you would shine your light in darkness that all would be cast out Lord we would continue to work in us as your broken vessels thank you for your grace Lord we offer our hearts to you this morning in Jesus name Yeah. for what you're going to show us today in Jesus name
5: good morning (laughs) here we are and we have new shirts on build equip unite yes this is from our first our first board together so you guys didn't participate last night, but we want to know where this comes from in scripture. So you need to chat it. you going to get gold stars if you know what verse this is. Verses. 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 Plural. It's, it's, a, plural. it's a plural. What's that meaning? Good afternoon some of you. Good way early morning to some other of you. Yeah. Good Hawaii. day. We got Hawaii. We got Germany on. That's awesome. Way to be here. Um, so I need to figure out my screen. I
3: think
5: so. well, if you're just joining us, feel free to open up that chat box and put where you're hanging with us from. We've got, like Alexa said, we've got people from Fort Bragg, Fort Knox. We've got Wiesbaden, Germany. We've got Hawaii, Florida. Um, We've got people from all over, so tell us where you're at. I oh, got some Colorado on here. Ooh, Colorado! Are you here? Oh, Margaret! Hi, Margaret! There's Colorado. I found her. Oh, there's Colorado. Two <laughs> Colorado. two Colorado. Colorado. Oh yeah. hi. Cool. Um, well, before we get into the session, we wanted to um, recap a bit from last night, in case anybody was not able to join us. Nope, that's not Indeed. what I want to do. So Amanda, what do we need to make sure that these ladies remember? Um, what we need to remember is that we are, we're in the wilderness, Yeah. right? This is not exile, ladies. No. This is a time of learning, a time of safety a time of um, waiting and preparing. So uh, some of the big things that you guys took from last night were, um, this is a place where God can work through us and in us. And what a great place that is. Um, We are digging down deep into the raw roots of the of the Bible, I love. I don't. I don't remember who said that last night, but you said raw roots of the Bible, and that is so beautiful because Alexis does this marvelous thing where she finds all of the original Greek and Hebrew language, and we just dive deep into figuring out what those words actually meant to that audience from that day. So that's really great. Um, we want to remember that we we need to draw together, um, to walk with each other, to lift each other up in this desert or in this wilderness place. Um, and the biggest thing we need to remember is that God has no return policy. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing, um, that, that we touched on that you touched on at the end was God's no return policy, um, which is really fantastic. Um, another big thing that I think people walked away with last night was, um, being weighed on the scale in that marketplace. Mm -hmm. And God bought us at a price and you are worth every ounce of that price. And that price is Jesus Christ. So I think those are our big, big takeaways from
6: last night. Yeah, I
5: think if if there's anything I really want people to hear Mm -hmm. who weren't able to join us last night or if you slept and you forgot everything, which is, that's fine too, it's fine. You can can watch it back. Um, What I really want you to remember is that wilderness... When the Israelites um, were coming out of Egypt, going into the wilderness was not a punishment. Wilderness was meant to be a a place, an in-between place, between coming out of exile and the Promised Land. And when the Israelites rebelled, the consequence was wandering. It wasn't wilderness. So wilderness is a very intentional place mm-hmm. and it's where we all are until Jesus returns Jesus until returns. we or until we die until we're taken into promised land future for us. So we want to be in the wilderness. It's not a bad place. It's a place of safety, of training, of covering, of preparation. And the other thing I really want you to remember or know is that when you read words like redemption and ransom and um That's the other one, redemption, ransom, I don't remember, the other one I gave you. But when you read those words in the Bible, I want you to have this picture of what the um, original hearers were hearing when they heard those words. They were hearing marketplace terms and they were hearing that they were put on a scale and Jesus was put on the other side in the marketplace and God said yes. This is the value. You were bought at this price, and you were um, bought out of slavery, you were bought out of captivity, and you were set free.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So that's, what, that's all that's wrapped up in those words, redemption, ransom, and redeem. There it is. So we looked at how God covers the cost for our redemption. We looked at how God covers us and protects us and teaches us in the wilderness, And in this session, we're going to spend a lot of time looking at verses one and two. Um, We're going to look at different ways that God covers his creation. And we're going to talk about what to wear and what not to wear. And how this helps us to recover our identities. So I'm going to go ahead and start sharing. Let's see here. Sharing my
4: screen. Okay. Okay, so this session is
5: titled Recover. And um, it would probably be better titled Re with a hyphen cover because we're talking about something that was once covered and then uncovered and then recovered again. And um, so keep that in mind as we're going through this session today. Let's go to. The scripture. So I'm going to read this again to you. I'm going to wash you in the word again, and we'll have it fresh in our minds. And I want you to pay attention to how God is changing the landscape here. So look for landscaping terms. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen weak hands and make firm the feeble knees, and say to those who have an anxious heart Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance and with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert the burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water in the haunt of jackals where they lie down the grass shall become reeds and rushes and a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it it shall be long to those who walk on the way. Even if they're fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beasts come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of the Lord. So if you weren't with us yesterday, I pointed out that shall indicates a promise. And all of these promises here in Isaiah 35 are not conditional statements. There's no if this, then this. All of these shall happen. All of these things. So looking back at verse one and two where God is covering the land. The landscape is is changing here.
4: Where's my mouse? There we go.
5: So every time you read about a place in the Bible, they're not just giving you the name of a place. What they're trying to do for the listener and for the hearer or for the reader, the authors are trying to take you back to somewhere take you back to a place. They're trying to help you call to mind some different things that have happened. So when we read words like Lebanon and Carmel and Sharon, um, they're, they're not just there for you to glance over. They're there for you to say, hey, why is he telling me those names? What am I supposed to be thinking about when I read those words? The word Lebanon means high mountains. That word literally means high mountains or white capped mountains. It is a place of protection. So when people would pass by Lebanon and they would have these mountains that were um, bald, bald mountains, there were no enemies there. It was a very protected place. So this is indicating protection for us. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. There's lots of other things that happened in Lebanon. I believe there's some wood pulled from there for um, Solomon's temple. So you're meant to call to mind all of these things that are happening. So here we're seeing that this way that God is preparing is one of it's protected. Um, Carmel. Carmel means garden land. It means cultivated. So this way that we're taking through the wilderness is flourishing and it's nourishing. We can, see beautiful things, and we can also, our, our bodies and our spirits will be nourished on the way. And some really cool stuff happened at Carmel. So you need to look that up. Go ahead and cross-reference that, my friends. Um, Sharon, the word, the word Sharon means straight, right, level, and just. So if the majesty of Sharon is on this way, then it is a straight path. You will not stumble on this path. You can walk straight to it. So the word wilderness up here, there's also three places that are mentioned. There's wilderness, dry land, and desert. And you're like, why Why do I need all three? Well, one, we need to hear things over and over again. But they're all um, giving us different information about the change in the landscape that god is going to make so the wilderness midbar means something that is open or blank there's not. it's there's there's nothing there it's a blank blank slate dry land that word that's in there in hebrew means parched and then the desert means something that's sterile or dark So don't think of what the English meanings are. We need to look at the Hebrew words and and see what they actually meant in the original language. So that's what they mean in their original language, in Hebrew. So what that means is if those are changing, what we're going to experience is the opposite of those. So the wilderness, instead of being open and blank, is going to become a filled pasture. And the dry land is going to go from being parched quenched and what was sterile and dark is going to become fertile and light so we're meant to have this picture come into our minds as we're reading this but we wouldn't be able to do that unless we looked at the original language and unless we understood the context um, of these places so what is what is going to be covering the land god's covering the land here what is he going to cover it with well in the, in pink here i've got he's going to be covering it with gladness with joy with singing with blossoms with glory and majesty and then in blue i have how he's going to do it we have some descriptive words so he, he says it's going to blossom which means per, it's the word parak in hebrew it's going to break forth it's going to be kind of like a surprise. All of a sudden, it's going to happen. It's going to break forth, and it's going to flourish like the crocus. This is my favorite part, like the crocus. And in some um, translations, it says like the rose, but it's not a rose, not a rose. What it is, the word in um, Hebrew is Shabbat Shaleth. And Shabbat, for those of you who have, are familiar, been around the, the Hebrew block a bit, it means Sabbath. So it's something that has rested for a time. And then shaleth means beauty from poison. It means it was a bulb. So like a narcissus or a daffodil or one of those things that's a bulb in the ground. This was definitely not a rose because a rose isn't a bulb. So this is a thing that was in the ground for a while and it was poisonous, but now has burst forth and after resting for a time. So that's a really cool word. So that's how God's going to do it. He's also going to do it abundantly. It's not going to be like ah, a few blossoms here and there. No, it's going to be an abundance. This is going to be raging with joy. And it's going to be so they can see it. They shall see the glory of the Lord. Sometimes what is said is very important, but what's not said Is equally important so they shall see the glory of the Lord if you have read through your Bible a couple times you might have seen that anytime the glory of the Lord was seen people died we can't be in the presence of the glory of the Lord in the Old Testament they couldn't be in the presence of the glory of the Lord without instant death there needed to be some covering there but now What's being said here by Isaiah is that they shall see it and he doesn't say they die. What he says is that we'll be able to continue walking on the way. So we're going to explore that here in just a minute. So why is God covering the land? Why does God cover the land? Why does God put sun sunrises out there for us in the morning? Why um, do we see and experience beautiful things, this covering of the land? Well, it's because creation is waiting and it's pointing. Creation has been a witness to all of time for us, and throughout scripture it is collateral damage to us. It is expressed as collateral damage. The land is a character in scripture, and we see God covering the land here just as he clothes us. The first time that God covers us is in the garden, like page three of your Bible. We're gonna look at um, Genesis three together, starting in verse six. And we're gonna stand in the garden, pre-wilderness, with Eve at
4: the foot of a very special tree.
5: So let's read Genesis three, six and seven. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed
4: cloths. So,
5: we, all of a sudden, realized that we were uncovered. There was an uncovering that happened, and now we've tried to cover ourselves. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. In verse eight and nine, we see it happen again. We see it expressed a little differently. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. We cover ourselves up to hide from God. We create this separation from God when we are sinful. And God holds them accountable for their actions. We see in verses 10 through 20, he curses the serpent, he curses Adam and Eve, and then he curses the land. But picking back up in verse 21, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife, garments of skin and clothed them. Did you just see what happened there? Did you catch that? Because I know I've read this story a ton of times to my kids, but did you see what God did? Adam and Eve ruined what seemed to be the plan of the universe. They destroyed the relationship with God and they put on like ridiculous fig leaves, ridiculous. And then God gives them consequences for their sin, but he immediately turns around and makes them garments of grace. Perfectly tailored, couture garments. He's the coolest dad ever. You have consequences and then you go shopping. And the consequences involve enmity between man and beast. But God sheds the first blood to clothe them in animal skins. He's making such a big statement there. He's gonna provide for them in spite of the consequences. So sisters, I want to know if you're still wearing fig leaves of shame, because as your new friend, I want to tell you, it's not a good look for you and that fig leaves are dumb. You might need like 20 hundred of them in order to adequately cover yourself. You need to put on what your father has given you everything looks right and tight in God's clothing. The second time that God covers us is right after the first. Let's pick back up in Genesis three twenty-two. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand. I want you to hang on to that phrase for a minute. Lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Did you remember that there were two trees in the midst of the garden? I sometimes forget because our childhood Bible stories all only have the one mentioned, but there's two there. And being driven out of this Eden sounds very dramatic and harsh, but we weren't ready for the tree of life. We weren't ready for it yet.
4: We needed
5: a different covering. He needed to cover the gateway into Eden to guard us from ourselves. So he was covering us and protecting us there. So as humanity does, we need to take the long road. The Israelites had to spend 40 years wandering. And remember, the wandering was the punishment, not the wilderness. It was the wandering. We don't wander. We have purpose. We know know the way. So they spent hundreds of years in captivity again and again, the same cycle of rebellion and obedience over and over, exile and wilderness old God trying to prepare them and get them back to Eden. God was protecting man from himself until he could bring a different covering into fruition. He could have destroyed us, but he had already assigned us value before creation, and he had already offered up Jesus to history, our ultimate covering. God the weaver has this habit, Of covering us up and deflecting his wrath and stretching to create space and time for us to figure things out. So, for example, we just watched him create space between us and the tree of life. In Genesis, God covers and uncovers and recovers Joseph and his brothers over and over and over again. It's fascinating. If you go and read the chapters in Genesis about Joseph and his brothers, you're gonna see things being put on and taken off, covering and uncovering. And it doesn't happen that Joseph becomes the ruler and um, is able to save his people until everyone is adequately uncovered and then recovered with something God has given them. In the book of Exodus, the Israelites were fully aware that they could not look at God's glory and live, which is why they wouldn't go up the mountain with Moses. In Numbers 22, God hedges in Balaam's donkey so that he can't veer to the right or to the left. God kept even the most nefarious of false prophets at the center of his will. He had this guarding and protection. He was deflecting things and keeping them centered in his will. In Isaiah 35 here, he hedges us in on the way with things like Lebanon, with things like tall mountains. Jesus, the rock of our salvation, he hedges us in. He covers us even in the valley of shadows. He herds us like a good shepherd, deflecting his enemies with his rod and stretching to catch us with his staff. Until the fullness of time, when we come into the new heaven and the new earth in the final garden, we can't be in the presence of God without a covering. We can't experience God's glory without a covering. We would die, it's too much for us. So God has some ways of covering us. He has some ways of doing this. You've seen them, they're all throughout the Bible, but you just didn't realize it was happening. So we wanna bring that to our attention. I have two Hebrew words for you Bible nerds out there. Yes. Yeah. Nata, this is the idea of something being stretched, or extended, or suspended. For the purpose of deflection and remember we talked about how hebrew words are um it's actually a character-based language so it's offering up a picture of something so the literal picture of nata is a tent being pitched a tent being pitched so in the old testament you would see this in places um like all over the prophetic books in the torah where god outstretches his mighty right hand to deflect the enemy that's nata when someone or something is turned aside, like in like Balaam's donkey in Numbers twenty-two, that's nata. When someone or um, when God describes creation Himself in Isaiah forty-five twelve, He says it was My hands that stretched out the heavens, nata. And every time someone pitches a tent or a tabernacle in the wilderness, that's nata. So God has been creating this space and time by deflecting things since page one. And then in John 1.14, we have this amazing thing happen where John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt tabernacled among us and we have seen his glory. That second statement where we have seen his glory is profound. What he's saying is that God came to tabernacle with us, dwell with us. He pitched his tent with us, and we didn't die. Something has changed. Something has happened. And that's exactly what Isaiah 35, 2 is promising us. Isaiah 35, 2 says, they shall see the glory of the Lord. And what it doesn't follow up with is, and then they'll die. No, it says they will see it. And then we get to walk on the way. So something is going to change where we're going to be able to experience God's glory. Another word for you is sakak. And this has the idea of something being covered or woven or screened or overshadowed. And the literal imagery is something being entwined. So like something being knitted or a rope being joined together. And we see this in the Old Testament with the cherubim wings that cover the mercy seat where God's spirit rested on the earth. And we see it when God covers Moses with his hand in the cleft of the rock. So his glory could pass by. And in Psalm 139, 13, it says, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted sock me together in my mother's wounds womb. womb, Excuse me. So you see this idea of there being some sort of a protection or we're being We're becoming a vessel that is enclosed to contain something. We're being covered for something. And then fast forward to the New Testament and the New Covenant, and we find out in Romans 8, 9 to 11, that now my skin or our skin knitted together is now the woven covering for the temple of the Spirit of God. You are inhabited as a Christ follower by the glory of the Lord and you're not dead. You're alive. Something changed. So God the weaver deflects the heavens and suspends time to create and protect opportunity to interface with humanity. He does this in the wilderness. He does it in the heavens that cover us on earth. He did it with the veil that covered the Holy of Holies. Jesus come to tabernacle with us the blood of Jesus that covers you, making that veil obsolete, you being woven together in the womb. You are the temple of the spirit of the living God. And he deflected the heavens and suspends time to make this new temple possible. So remember when I asked you to hang on to that phrase from Genesis three, where it said, lest he reach out his hand from the garden of Eden, Still remembering that? That God was trying to keep man from having an opportunity to reach out and pluck fruit from the tree of life. So I just showed you, we just talked about some literal and figurative ways um, that God has reached out his hand to us. He reached out his hand to do these things. And that's God's way of doing things. We were never meant to take knowledge of good and evil, but it was meant to be imparted. That was the sin. It wasn't the eating of the of of the fruit. It was that we took something for ourselves that was meant to be imparted to us. God wanted to give it to us. God didn't want us to take life. He wanted to reach out to give it. And ephesians two eight and nine tells us just that. It says, "For by grace you have been saved, it is the gift of God, so that no one may boast. I
4: have one. Greek word
5: for you word nerds too. Grace. Grace is standard church language, right? We throw that around quite a bit. And in church terms, we know it as unmerited favor. Um, But I want you to experience it in the original language and hear it with new and fresh ears. Grace or charis is a posture word. That word, when they, when the original hearers would hear it, would hear that God was leaning toward them. that He was inclining toward them, that he was favorable toward them, that he wanted to freely extend himself to share some benefit. That's what grace meant to them. So if you're hearing that with Greek ears, you're hearing some really amazing news because think of the Greeks. They had so many gods they were worshiping, so many. They were all fickle, fickle gods the Greeks could not never know how they stood with their gods. The rains might come. They might not come. They would offer sacrifice upon sacrifice. They would give so much of themselves to try and appease their gods. And they might never be able to curry the favor or build enough credit to reach those gods. But when great, this word grace was spoken over them, what they were hearing, Is that this God is reaching to them? He's reaching down to them. They could know exactly where they stood with this God. That would be amazing and profound and incredibly weird for their ears. This God is gracious. Our God is gracious. The Father freely extends Himself to the point that He sent His Son, the ultimate unmerited gift to us. And the son was so inclined to his father's will and heart that he endured unmerited suffering. And that was all to share the benefit of his his spirit with all who believe. Every time the Bible commands you to put something on, it's something that either Jesus has already bought and paid for. It's something that God the Father has given to you or it's something inherent and intrinsic to the Holy Spirit in you. You don't need to muster or manufacture any of it. None of it comes from you. In Luke 12:22 and
4: 24 it says this. Nope.
5: Says do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat nor about your body what you will put on, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have no storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Do not worry about what you will put on. Do not worry about what you will eat. Hey, COVID-19, God will provide. But now and then in this tent we groan. 2 Corinthians 5:2 says, "In this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling." Paul says it like it is. Sometimes we groan here. We are all longing to put on the heavenly dwelling, that heavenly covering. In the meantime, In the meantime, while we wait, while we're in the wilderness, in this in-between, between what was once exile for us, but now we're headed toward the promised land. We're on mission. We're on the way. We're in this wilderness. In the meantime, we can put on the armor of light, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, put on the imperishable, put on immortality, put on the new self, put on the whole armor of God, and put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and love. And what this means is, if God, if you don't have to manufacture any of this, then this is all accessible to you. This is all yours to put on. You don't have to create it all. And here's the catch all if nothing else happens, if you're a total fool, and we already know from Isaiah 35 that you can be foolish and still walk on the way. If you're a total fool, here's what God commanded for priests to put on people. The priests in the Old Testament were to put this on their people. And this is something that you can do for others, too, in this wilderness, because God has called us a nation of priests. Numbers 6, 23 to 27 commands,
4: commands this of priests. Hold on. Technology.
5: Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. I hope you noticed all of the covering words in there keep, gracious, lift up, give peace and then the promise at the end if his name is put on then that he will bless them put his name on your people in the wilderness put his name on your family put his name on those who have anxious hearts in this time bless them pray for them put his name upon your people so to wrap things up this morning for this second session um, we're going to talk about recovering your identity. And I just want to say that identity is a huge buzzword in our culture right now, and it generally irritates me, <laughs> because I think people use it to they adopt it and use it to help them sell something, sell a product, to sell misinformation, and it makes people think that if they um, pursue themselves, that they will feel whole. But what we really need to do is we need to pursue Jesus pursuing a feeling rather than right thinking is never going to lead to lasting right feelings. So I love this quote by Jen Wilkin. She says, "Let self-discovery be the byproduct of God discovery." So I want you to take back your identity from what culture or even Christian culture tells you it should be. Romans 8:18 8, to 25 is one of a multitude of great identity verses because every verse in the bible that tells you about jesus is telling you something about yourself if you are in christ you are never lost you have a certain identity anything that you learn about god is telling you something very much about yourself so here paul says this for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory So what this verse, what this section of scripture is telling us is this about ourselves. We are present sufferers. You are a sufferer. And we're gonna talk about that the next session. You have a future glory. We see here that God's glory is gonna be revealed to us and we're not gonna die. Something has happened to allow us to experience God's glory. We learn here that you're a waiter with the rest of creation. Creation is waiting. We talked earlier about how creation is a character in the Bible and that it's been waiting for us to get it together. It's also eagerly waiting for God and Jesus' return to establish order and finality. We learn here that we are bearers of these first fruits, and if you remember back to our first session, when we talked about Moses sending spies out into the land, into the promised land, and they were to return with fruit and not just any fruit. This was big fruit, like two men carrying a pole with giant clusters of grapes fruit. So you and I on our wilderness journey, we already have these giant first fruits to carry. We have the Holy spirit. We have the fruits of that spirit. We learn here that we're waiting for redemption of our bodies, but what it doesn't say and what's equally important is that our spirits are already redeemed. We talked about that last session. We've already been bought. We can't be returned. No return policy. And we learn here that we are presently saved in hope. In this hope, we were saved. Do you guys ever pay attention to verb tenses? I love a good verb tense. I love a good verb tense so this is incredibly important it says we were saved in this hope we were saved it's done you have this hope so in summary here's what i want you to know going into your small groups that god's passion is for covering you and you need to be covered god uses the land garden and wilderness imagery to communicate the glory of his covering and the desolation of being without it. We want to be covered by him. God the weaver deflects heavens and he suspends time to create opportunity to interface with you. And the biblical definition of grace describes the pastor of God extending himself toward you. You don't need to take anything from this God because he wants to give it to you. And that's how it's meant to be. So before we move into small groups, I'm going swing it over to Amanda. Hey, there she is. Hey friends. We're still twins. Still twinning, still happening. Um Grace. Amen. Yeah. Grace is it's a really great word. Grace we shouldn't just happy. use it very casually. Don't. Do-
0: At this point, we broke into a small group discussions. One of the questions we discussed was, in what ways would your life look differently if you wore God's textiles instead of your own fig leaf concoctions? Join us as we come back together and share what each group got out of this talk.
5: Go back in. Hi, welcome back everybody! Hey. Did you have a good small group? Breakout session. Got lots of head shaking. Yeah. You look Ooh, at that. Look at the thumbs up. Kimmy, I love your thumbs up. Thank you. I see you, Kimmy. <laughs> hey, okay. So I hope that you heeded my advice and know what breakout room you went to. And now you're back. Oh look at this head nod. You guys, I'm gonna give out gold stars. Yeah, you now. get a gold star. Gold stars. <laughs> Every one of you. Just get it all right so breakout room number two tell me what your big aha moments were um, what your what came out of your breakout session tell me anybody it's not expecting
7: us to go first I thought one would be first but that's okay um, um, so our biggest takeaways was I think uh, collectively we all really liked the recovering uh, your identity version um, we talked about you know not really knowing our identity in Christ because we didn't know him, and so that was um, a good point. And then just the Lebanon, Carmel, and Sharon, just those like explanations and the Greek words were saying how it, it just makes us slow down to kind of understand when normally we would just, oh, Lebanon is just another place, and so it was nice to see it was nice to see that um explanation and then another big point that we um kind of took of it was reestablishing our grace for others and uh how we have just been able to um look at grace in a different perspective uh specifically this year and in this time that we're in being being stranded at home oh
4: that's awesome thank you Monissa. All right, group three. Anybody from breakout room three? All right, fine. <laughs> group four, come on,
5: FOMO, right here, people, share. Group four, looking for what? Four. Oh, just advertising for eight. <laughs> All right, lay it on me, group eight. Group four doesn't wanna talk. Lay it on me, group eight. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, okay, so we really shared about like the desert and the um being in the wilderness, and um we ha- we talked about all over the place um lots of things <laughs> in our group, lots of good discussions um uh, we did google some things that you could wear, which was fun because did you know it talks about wearing underwear in the Bible multiple places <laughs> yeah, yes. so that was kind of fun yeah, um, funny. Sh- sh- Um, but we, one of the things that I wrote down was, and was, you know, just a positive attitude being poured into, um, we talked about how interesting it is that God's word kind of meets us where we're at because while one person got, um, like the whole, the list of like what to put on um, one person was talking about how much they got out of that. And like, for me, I got a lot out of how I don't have to be the one that puts it on, that God's the one that puts it on. So it's just amazing how much like scripture meets us where we're at. And, um, anyway, so that was kind of cool. And let's see, I don't know. Kim shared a lot. She's awesome. I miss my running buddy. Yeah, yeah. And, like we talked, shh, makes- and we talked about grace, so, a lot, so, anyway. Awesome. Good
5: job. Thank you, group eight. Yeah. I'm interested in
7: what the Bible said about underwear now.
5: <laughs> I want to make sure you're wearing it as you go up the temple steps so nobody behind you sees anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i profaning the temple, and awkward.
4: I'm just gonna uh, if you want to look
0: those up for yourself look in exodus 28 42 jeremiah 13 1 or ezekiel forty four eighteen. 18 that's and awesome
4: that. thank cool you stars cool stars right there good <laughs> job
5: megan well done all right uh i left off at group four group four you get another chance anybody
4: group four
1: And group three,
8: where's Kelly Croom? I'm group four. I was hoping somebody else would talk. <laughs> <laughs> I lost you guys. Can you hear me? You're back. Okay, we're all I'm so weird. Not today, Satan, in Jesus name, get it.
4: All right, Megan, try again.
5: I'm sorry, you're not Megan, you're Kelly. Kelly, lay it on me, group four.
8: Oh, was there a new question or just what our discussion was about? Yeah.
5: We missed all the things that you just said, if you talked. So we all dropped out of the call. What your discussion came brought forth
8: okay we um i'm trying to pick the best of the best um one thing we talked about was how um you know initially just trying to focus our minds and being intentional about um this conference because it's weird to be at a conference in our houses with life going on around us and kids and dogs and husbands and just things going on but um yet what a blessing it has been to all of us um, to connect with each other and in our intentionality um, we're giving ourselves grace um, but um, being able to have the opportunity to connect to each of you in your in your boxes in your faces um, through zoom um, what Perhaps the devil meant for evil, God meant for good, as he gave the vision for the Zoom creator, (laughs) people on the Internet. Um, We're we're so grateful for this connectivity um, to be able just to put our hearts and minds together and see each other. It's it's a blessing to me and our little group of uh, our, what are we, number four. We had um, fun just sharing our hearts with each other and connecting. But we did go through all the questions. and we um, talked a, a little bit in length about the idea of grace. Um, Shannon from our group enjoyed the um, discussion on how it's a posture word. And um, that was kind of a new thought to all of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Lauren also talked about how um, God reaches down to us. Um, and Shannon, um, discussed God leaning into us or leaning into me. And I was envisioning, you know, either when my kids are being wonderful and I'm leaning into them to, to love on them or when they're being bad and I'm leaning into them, you know, in church, like (laughs) it's time to stop, (laughs) you know, either way, um, me as a mom and God as my father, that leaning in is very intentional and, and beautiful and, and full of, grace so hopefully group number four i was able to share that well
5: that's awesome
8: okay i got a thumbs up from shannon so i feel feel confident grace
5: and that leaning is what makes it so meaningful when we hear things like we have all fallen short of the glory of god because what that's saying is that he's gonna lean in and make up for that distance that we have created and he's going to provide that glory, and we will be covered enough to receive it mm-hmm. from him. And Jesus, yeah. that ultimate grace, that ultimate reaching was Jesus. Mm-hmm.
8: Well, and prayerfully with this, um, with this weekend and this conference, that gap between him and us is being closed just a little yes. bit more. Yes. Um, so grateful, again, to see all these squares um, on my screen, each of you. Um, some I know, some I don't. But um, and thank you, Alexis, for leading us through this um, content. It's beautiful.
5: I love nerding out with people who are forced to listen to me. Okay. All right.
8: So group four, we're in the house. Yes. Don't talk bad about us anymore.
5: <laughs> Good job. Good job. All right. Group five. Anybody group five?
4: Come on, group
2: five. There was somebody in group five. Hey, here I am. There Hi, hey, hey, so we talked about everything you've talked about, but we also talked about just Jesus tabernacling, tabernacling yeah. Yeah. Um, in John 1, right? Like, that the, I mean, that he has made his tent here in our bodies. I mean, what a beautiful picture. And just walking in that, in in the, identity that we have in christ and that if we choose to put on that identity each day what a difference that'll make in the dark world that we live in
5: yes, yes. good job
4: good mm-hmm. job group five well done group six come on don't be shy so we're group six um Arlene. Arlene.
9: <laughs> um, there were actually two, we talked a lot, but I think two of the main things that really kind of stuck out with us was the distinction between wilderness, desert, and dry land. Um, we kind of always meshed them together and how you kind of separated it and, and, and distinguished the differences between those three. Um, another thing, kind of like with everyone else, Grace but that it's used as a posture word. Um, and I shared with the group the, the, the visual, I'm a visual learner. So the, the thing that I really got, I, I don't know if you guys have seen this picture before, but that picture of the woman protecting her baby. Um, and So I kind of see God kind of like being leaning into us. And we, we kind of discuss that and how he shelters us and protects us. Um, mm-hmm. From certain things uh, in this particular fiery darting arrows, um, but that that's pretty much what what, what we discussed. Um, we got open and vulnerable, and we discussed certain things in 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 our personal lives. But I think those two were, we we hung out in the po-
5: posture word. Yeah. Um, so, that's awesome. that's group awful-
4: six. Yeah.
5: Group six. Good job. Well done. Good job.
4: All right, group seven.
6: Sorry, me and my technology. Hey. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We, um, at Group Seven, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the putting on and um, Marcella looked up the, the I believe it's the Hebrew word, the L, L, I'm gonna butcher it, L-D-O, and it means to, to put on, to sink into clothing. And it's the That's same. Greek word. Sorry, Greek, not Hebrew. Greek, Greek. Thank you. Uh-huh. I even have in my notes Greek right under it. <laughs> um, but it's it's used the same in the same scripture of Colossians three twelve and Galatians three twenty seven to to put on Christ to sink into, and we kind of compared it to right now in the world. Um, the world wants us to put on a mask, and they want us to put on protective clothing and cover ourselves in hand sanitizer. When really, what we should be doing is putting on Christ, sinking into, um, seeking into God's protection. And so it, we we also spoke a little bit about the the two trees, the 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 um, tree of life and the tree of knowledge, and that you know there's this world wisdom that's offered. Which you know is kind of like putting on your mask to protect yourself from from this virus, or you can have the God's wisdom, which is you know sinking into sinking into God and allowing Christ to cover us with His protection. So even if He takes us, you know, through sickness, He is with us. Even if He delivers us from sickness, He is with us. And just having that that peaceful protection of God. Um, we also talked about. The, the wilderness being a place um, of currently where we're separated, but we're still together and that God is probably preparing us for something really big, that the next, the next thing for us is going to be pretty big sort of place of protection and safety by sheltering in our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that God desires us to seek his protection and uh, just, just rest in Christ Jesus. But we, we covered a lot. And they shared, which I didn't know. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot, Alexa. She said that we could reach out to you and you would maybe share your devotion about, I believe it's the Blue Letter Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. How so I maybe you could share that information with the, the Fort Bragg at some point.
5: Absolutely. I'm going to do a Zoom teaching on how to do that for Fort Knox, or I was asked to. So maybe I can do one for y'all too.
0: I also know how to do it, Kelly. So I can okay. always put it like in the post for today.
4: Excellent. Oh yeah. Good. Good, good.
0: Awesome. But if it's a person.
5: Good job. All right. Um, Trisha, I don't know how many how many groups did we have? We are
1: only missing group three. That's the group that did not speak up. And I will call some names because i I actually remember a couple of the names if I need to.
5: Excellent. Stop it. All right, group three, come on, bring it.
6: All group. right.
5: <laughs>
2: Mama Carol.
9: Well, you know, waiting for the others, giving them opportunity. Um, we, we spend a lot of time talking about wilderness and especially a couple of our ladies' um, husbands have recently come home from deployment mm-hmm. and now to be in this quarantine, just wilderness again. But because you defined it for us so well and shifting our paradigms, not confusing it with exile or punishment, but to realize it is a place of safety, of um, training, of waiting, of all those good things so that we can embrace this time and not fear it, but just know that God is at work in this time.
5: Mm-hmm. Isaiah 26:20 20 says, "Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by." So we are being obedient and sheltering in place for a while in the wilderness while God does his thing.
4: Amen. <laughs> Alexis, what was that reference
5: again? That was Isaiah 26:20. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by.
4: That is so apropos. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I've seen that scripture going around a lot on Facebook for the past two weeks.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really good.
4: Awesome.
5: Yeah, I loved um, Arlene. <laughs> One, I love Arlene. I love Arlene's face. Two, I love that she brought that image of that sheltering because that's the exact image we want to have in place when God says he's our shield Mm -hmm. or that he's got these Lebanon mountains around us that no enemies can hide on because they are bald mountains. Mm -hmm. Like when we look, look for where our help comes from, it comes from those bald mountains that we can see what's happening on them. It's not like there's an enemy there waiting to attack us. We know the way and we know that that way is sheltered in and that we're going to make it despite how foolish we are. <laughs> mm. That's comforting. Hey, did anybody, um, I, I always enjoy talking about um, shirts and clothing. Did anybody in your breakout session talk about your fig leaves? Yeah, Catherine's saying yes. Yes. They're chafing. They are somebody posted in the chat room that they do irritate the skin friends (laughs) don't do it more. do what they're dumb they are dumb dumb. they're real dumb
4: you
2: said they're dumb why do we use them why do we think they work
5: they're too small they're really small and you need no that's a lot that's (laughs) a lot don't do it don't do it it's not worth your time Awesome. Great job, friend. Yeah, that was really good stuff. That was great. Thank you for participating and filling my love tank. It's thank you. I yeah. needed that. We're going to send her out from my house like very full today. Well done. And I'm going to be totally drained. It's fine. <laughs> You're giving my husband a little break from my extrovertedness. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's all I got for that. Wow. Yeah, I'm wrapped. Session two. Session two, bag, yeah. wrapped up. Done. Um, Trisha, I think we're going to have, I think Pastor Delphine was going to pray this out. And then we'll start session three. Yeah. Pastor Delphine, are you on here? I'm on. Hey,
4: Bring it. Thanks to Jesus.
10: Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this lesson. We thank you so much for Alexis. We thank you because we can tell that she spent time time before you, before she came before us. We thank you for giving her the ability to take these words and, and to give us the true meaning of them in its proper form. We thank you for your ladies, all of us that are in this conference, who I believe have opened our ears and our hearts to you. I thank you, Father God, because I believe that you have solidified things that we have been wrestling with. I believe, Father God, that you have opened up our understanding of what it means to be covered by you. Father, we thank and we praise you for allowing this word, and you are your word, We feel like now, God, we're getting to know you, the God of your word, Father God. We praise you and we thank you. I believe without a doubt that our lives will be changed as a result of this word. I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful, Father God, for our breakout section, where Jennifer was talking about understanding, uh, what season we're in, when we're in the wilderness season. And I believe without a doubt, God, that we, are, we will, as, as we go forth, embrace know how to embrace this season and understand that it's not a bad place. But in this season, God, that we are, we are being trained, we are being prepared. Father, we thank you for all that has taken place today. And we look forward to the rest of this retreat. Thank you for Trish. Thank you for Kelly. Thank you for the body of Christ at large. We love and adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
6: Amen. Thank you. Hi, thank you for listening to Protestant Women of the Chapel, Fort Bragg. We are workers together for Christ. If you've been inspired, please share our podcast with those who could use a good word.